batter up. Katie, Katie was baseball mad, had the fever and had it bad. Just to root for the hometown crew every Sue, Katie Blue. On a Saturday, her young beau called to see if she'd like to go to see a show. But Miss Kate said, no, I'll tell you what you can do. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old ball game. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and good morning. Welcome to a new edition of Batter Up. Sponsored by Halpern's Cards and Collectibles here on the Sports Insanity Network. I am Mike Grifkin. Happy Memorial Day. Talk about Memorial Day, which is tomorrow in a bit, because it's the first time in baseball terms. A lot of people say it's the first time you could look at the standing. So take a look at that. Some of the big series that lie ahead over the next week. Uh, Also some news and notes around baseball. But I want to start with something written by Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic. And he was recently on uh, the Foul Territory podcast talking about a story he wrote about the A's and their move to Vegas and why the owner is immune. And he had this to say. This is just a clip from Foul Territory. This is Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic on the A's. Why is John Fisher getting this free pass from Major League Baseball. Why is no one questioning everything going on with this team, starting with what's going on on the field? If I'm an owner of another club, that team is an embarrassment to my industry. That is a blight on what we've got going on here, which in this situation, in this season, is a lot of positive things. So that's number one. Number two, and this question was raised in an article in The Athletic by Eno Saris and Steve Berman, Who's to say Las Vegas is this unbelievable market for baseball? Now, I know football is there, and I know hockey is there. Baseball's different. And is Las Vegas going to be able to support a Major League Baseball team 81 nights a year? And I know tourists will come in, but are they coming in for baseball in the middle of summer? (laughs) That remains to be seen. So my question, the question I'm raising in this article is why the free pass? Why is John Fisher immune from any criticism internally from MLB, from what I can see, what I can understand. Why has Manfred not been harder on him? Why has he been so accommodating? That's the word I used in the story. Why so accommodating to an owner who has not done well with his team, who is one of the lowest payrolls, well, the lowest payroll this season, and a team on 131 lost pace. 131. They're only on track to win 31. Not good. So that's the point that I'm making here. Why are we letting him run amok? And I got to be honest with you. I think Ken Ken Rosenthal brings up a lot of great points. Why is the owner immune to no criticism? I I get a great – that. I think that's an excellent point. Oakland's 10 and 44 on the season. They've lost 10 in a row. 
and their run differential is at minus 190. We're at Memorial Day, and their run differential is minus 190. Just to put it in perspective, the next closest negative run differential belongs to the Rockies at minus 50. I'm sorry, the Royals at minus 77. Sorry, I, I skipped over the Royals. Put it in a different perspective. The Rays, the best record in baseball, they're at plus 119. These are at minus 190 run differential. And as I've listened to the Ken Rosenthal clip that I just aired, it actually got me thinking about something that is a little bit different, so it's a little outside the box. Have you ever seen the movie Major League? And in Major League, the first one, um, the owner, Rachel Phelps, her husband, who was the owner of the team, had passed away. She puts this uh, ragtag group of guys together because she wants the team to be so bad that she can move the team to Miami instead of get them and getting them out of Cleveland. So, you know, picks up, you know, Charlie Sheen, who's Rick Vaughn, uh, Willie Mays, Hayes, guys like that, Pedro Sorrow. Guys, if you go to the beginning of the movie, the guys uh, at the diner and the construction workers, they're all reading the newspaper and go, who the heck are these guys? You got to think the sim similar thing in Oakland for the most part with some of these players. Uh, they don't have a, a superstar. Let's let's be real honest. Uh, you know, and to do this to really a passionate fan base, because if you look at when the A's were good, I'm not even going to go back as far as like as 02, 03, Moneyball era. Go to a couple of years ago, 2015, 16, under Bob Melvin, those people went to the ballgame. And now ownership is trying to take the team away from them. They're going to go to Vegas, it looks like. Manfred said a couple, a couple of days ago, it looks like that vote could happen as early as some point next month. Um, but I agree with what Ken Rosenthal had to say. Why is the owner immune to this? Why are we just going to let this happen? Uh, those are things that, you know, I think as fans, we should be told by Rob Manfred, hey, what, what's the deal? What's going on? Why are you doing this? And Rob Manfred, I think he does a great job of keeping out of the public eye and not having to answer these questions. But he's going to have to answer these questions. Come the All-Star game, when he actually has to face the media, he's going to have to answer questions based on this. And the people who lose at the end of the day are, are the fans of the Oakland A's because we've talked about expansion on this podcast multiple times. Why can't you put an expansion team in Vegas? We know it works with the Golden Knights, but you're going to decide to say, oh, we're just going to move the A's, and now Oakland's left with nothing, unless you're going to say to Oakland, if you're going to agree to build a new ballpark, we'll give you you know, a new team. I don't know. I don't love it. I don't love the idea of it. Um, 
I agree with the other thing Ken said. Which we don't know how Vegas is going to work as a, for a baseball team. We don't know if people are going to go. It's worked for hockey, but because the Golden Knights have been really good since their inception, you know, the, the Raiders do well because football still does great. Baseball's different. There is not a guarantee that you are going to get a you're going to sell out every year, you know, every game, you know, they'll do well when teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers come to town. But let, let, let argument sig, let's just put the A's in Vegas right now. Who's going to go watch the A's play tomorrow? The, this current product of the A's against a team like the Marlins. Uh, listen, I, I I'm not trying to slander the Marlins here. They've had a really nice start to their year. They're game over 500. But it's the draw. What's the draw for the Marlins? We can't guarantee you Sandy Alcantara's going to pitch. You know, what's the star power that's going to bring you to a Vegas A's game versus a Miami Marlins game? That, that's what I would like to know. But, you know, it... it it's a whole can of worms that baseball, I think, really needs to start getting out in front of. I think Ken Rosenthal was right. The owner shouldn't be immune to this. Uh, we we should be more persistent on, on getting answers, whether it's from John Fisher, whether it's from Rob Manfred, whether it's from someone in baseball. Because at the end of the day, no city wants to lose their team. No city. So – the people who get hurt in this, not the owner, not the GM, not the players, it, it's the paying customer. And that's where I, I kind of draw the line. But it, it's just games are already so darn expensive. But, you know, that's all another category. There's one other piece to this that I did want to discuss. If we are so hung go, if we we're so willing to put a team in Vegas, that 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 opens up something else for me. That means Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame, and I can get on a soapbox and say he should be in regardless, which he should. He's the all-time hit king. I'll, you know him and Ichiro, but he, here's the part that gets me. Every commercial you watch, I don't care what sport it is, hockey, football, basketball, baseball, the first commercial you're seeing is DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever. So they are encouraging you to bet. You are now putting a team in Las Vegas. Guess what's going to happen? People are going to bet. Then we're going to – this is counter – this is against their argument for not putting Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Because, oh, he bet against his own team. Who cares at this point? If you're going to go against history and make put a team in Vegas, the gambling capital of the world, then Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Because you're... You have encouraged gambling by the fan duels, the DraftKings, the whatevers. 
Now you're going to put a team in the gambling capital of the world. I don't see why you can't then just say, okay, Pete Rose's ban is lifted. He's in the Hall of Fame. I just, I think it's a contradiction. I do. It's just the two, the two things don't add up. We're going to allow gambling. We're going to put a team in Vegas, but we're going to keep Pete Rose out of the Hall of Fame. To me, that's just lame. And I know he's still with us, but I don't want some posthumous BS, you know, with Pete Rose. I don't want to put in after he, you know, after he goes. He should be willing to have his, he should be able to have his day in Cooperstown because he is one of the greatest players of all time, despite the stupidity of his gambling. We're now encouraging, you're now encouraging gambling. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Agree, disagree? Let me know. Comment section below. But but you know that that's the latest on the A's. It looks like that vote will take place at some point next month, according to Rob Manfred. So we'll wait and see where that goes. So a couple of other things I do want to get to. I'll talk about the standings in a minute because Memorial Day is supposed to be the first day you can really look. There is a major series going on that I don't think a lot of people know about. And it's the Rays, who are still the best team in baseball, taking on the Dodgers, who are first place in the NLS and is a rematch of the 2020 World Series. And the, the reason why I'm getting into this for a second, because the game's about to start in about 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Because it's your peacock game of the week. So if you don't have peacock, you can't watch this game. Uh, you could stream it, I guess. But why is this not the Sunday night game? Instead, the Sunday night game is Braves-Phillies. And I get that's an NLE showdown. That That's a playoff rematch after the Phillies beat the Braves in the NLDS. But... If we are trying to promote the game in different venues, different markets, was ESPN scared of, to make this Sunday night game because the trap doesn't sell out? Is that why this game isn't Sunday night? Because to me, this is a better game than Braves-Phillies, and that's not a knock on Braves-Phillies, but those two teams play enough times to where you can make it Sunday night baseball. Ray's Dodgers World Series rematch from a couple of years ago and could be a World Series preview with the way the Rays played. So to make that the Peacock game and not the Sunday night, I, I don't know. You, you won't make this the Sunday night game, but we'll have three or four Yankees-Red Sox Sunday night games. Uh, to me, that just doesn't make much sense. A little bit of variety. Put the Rays on national TV. It would let people who are non-traditional baseball fans know who these guys are. Because I'll tell you this, if you're not a big-time baseball fan, can you name me five, six guys on the Rays? If you're not a, if you're not a Rays fan, if you're not a big-time baseball fan, can you name me 
five players on the Tampa Tampa Bay Rays. I would take the no. I would take no on that. And they have the best record of baseball at 38 and 16. The Dodgers are at 32 and 21 in first place in the NL West. You know, so so you're, you're talking about two really good teams, but listen, that's your Peacock game today, not Sunday Night Baseball, which is Braves Phillies. I, I wanted to get on that a little bit because I, the Rays are never going to be nationally loved. You know, I get that. Just because of how they're built. They're not the team. They are the... They are the opposite of the Dodgers. They don't have to spend 200 million bucks on on guys. You know, so they're in a different position, but every year they're so competitive. And how many times are they on national TV? Think about it. Think about it. They're usually not on a Sunday night. Sometimes they get a Fox game here or there. Outside of that, they just go out and take care of their own business, and they fly under the radar. So I wanted to just bring that up uh, for for a minute. So uh, Rays-Dodgers is your Peacock game. That series is tied one apiece. The Rays won Friday night. The Dodgers won yesterday. Uh, But a big thing for the Rays, Tyler Glass now made his season debut yesterday. So – if he can stay healthy, Glass now, you pair him with Shane McClanahan at the top of that rotation. The Rays have something there. Those are two great starters. You know how good the Rays bullpen is always going to be. So the Rays are trending up despite having the best record in baseball. If they can get healthy, there's no stopping them. The Dodgers. They're the Dodgers. So, you know, there's not much else to say. A uh, couple of big games today, rubber games. Uh, Padres-Yankees should be a good one. You Dar- Darvish going for the Padres against Garrett Cole for the Yankees. Should be a really good pitching matchup. Uh, Rangers-Orioles. The Rangers looking to sweep. Sweep the Orioles. Uh, the Rangers are 33 and 18. They're three games up on the Astros in the West, and they're eight and two in their last 10, including winning four in a row. We on this podcast haven't given enough credit to the Rangers, uh, myself included, uh, but they've played extremely well. Marcus Simeon's had a great year. Uh, he so far he's hitting almost 300, I think he's at 290. 299, according to ESPN. Adolis Garcia has 49 runs batted in. Excuse me, they just got Corey Seager back. And they've, they score in bunches, you know. It feels like every other night they put, they put up 10 runs. That's what it really feels like. And then they pitch pretty well. Uh, Nathan Avaldi's been really good. Martin Perez has been good. John Gray has been good. And they've done this without Jacob deGrom, who hasn't pitched due to a forearm issue. So if they get classic Jacob deGrom back, look out. So I give first-year GM Chris Young a ton of credit, but I think the biggest thing for this team was Bruce Bochy. 
you hire a Hall of Fame caliber manager who's won three World Series, has the itch to get back into the game, and now he's doing this with this club. This is a good team. They have the pieces there. If they have to make an addition at the trade deadline, they will. You know, so I I do think, you know, there's a lot of things to be said. I think John Daniels deserves some credit, too. I, I know he's no longer there in the GM role, but you got to think he, he had something to do with some of these signings and trades. You know, he was instrumental in their runs in 2011 and 12. So the Rangers are in first place in the West. They're rolling, you know, them and the Astros who – Listen, I, I got to give the Astros some props. I know a lot of people are against it, but they, they've they gone on a run and they've got nothing out of Jose Abreu. Uh, they've lost Jose Urquidy for the year. You know, they just got Jose Altuve back. And, you know, they're looking – they look like the team they always are. And they're the top two in the AL West – you know, followed by the Angels, then the Mariners, who are starting to come around. The Mariners are 6-4 and four in their last 10. Luis Castillo was brilliant yesterday against the Pirates. That's another big uh, game today, Pirates-Mariners. Uh, winner will look to take two of three, but the Pirates, after their hot, hot start, their game over 500, they're 4-6 and six in the last 10. But Seattle's pitching staff, man. With Castillo, Bryce Miller, who's come up and done a great job. Kirby, uh, George Kirby's been awesome for them. You know, they've got guys who've got really good stuff. And they don't have to score seven or eight runs a night. They can score four runs and win. You know, their pitching's that good. So we'll see if they can make a little bit of noise in the in the AL West. The National, you know, I, I gave them some props. I do want to give the Marlins more props. Game over 500. They're four and a half back in the NL East. Uh, they're looking, I think they're looking to sweep the Angels today, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're, they're going for the sweep this afternoon. They won a game last night, 10 innings, 8-5. A game in which Otani started for the Angels. So, and today they have, just give me a second, Yuri Perez, one of their top prospects, up against Patrick Sandoval, who's been pretty good for the Angels, three and three of the three, four, seven. So the, the Marlins are looking for a sweep. They're four and a half out behind the Braves, who play the Phillies on Sunday night, tonight, and Look, I think that's a massive game for the Phillies. If the Phillies win tonight and take three or four from the Braves, that'll get them some confidence going forward. And this is a team right now, the Phillies, who they're two games under, they're six games back. If they maybe this gets the ball rolling. You know, because the pitching's pretty good. Zach Wheeler was brilliant yet on Saturday. Nola got beaten up pretty good the other night. 
Taiwan Walker's been okay, but it's the offense that struggled. And there's really one guy I'm looking at. I need a little bit more out of Trey Turner. And he had a big hit yesterday for on Saturday for them. And, you know, he right now, he's hitting 248 with a 293 on base and a 390 slug. Put that in perspective. It's not great. He almost has as many walks as he does RBIs. So there's that. Stott, Bryson Stott's been good. Costiance is hitting 300. So I'll get off his back a little bit because he had a terrible year last year. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, he's just hitting a buck 60, but the power's still there. Yeah, you know. So, so really, if they get Turner going, I think that turns everything around in that lineup. But that—that's the Phillies. The Braves are looking to split that series tonight. I think Spencer Strider pitches for them. Just double check that for you, but uh, believe it's Strider and his mustache. Yep, Strider four and two with a two nine seven, and. Uh, Dylan Covey, who's got an ERA of three. So, no record to show for. Mm. So, so that's the pitching matchup tonight. But like, like I mentioned, Memorial Day, we can look at the standings in the American League. Rays are still in first place in the East. Four up on the Orioles, seven on the Yankees. Nine on the Red Sox and ten and a half on the Blue Jays, who were my pick to win this division. And I know things happen, but the Blue Jays got to figure some things out, man. Alec Manoa, I'm not sure what's going on there. He hasn't been good all year. Uh, Gosman's been pretty good. Bassett was good, was pitching really well until Saturday where the, the Twins light lit him up a little bit. Barrios and Kikuchi. Kikuchi was winning, but the ERA really wasn't there. Barrios, they need more from. And listen, offensively, they should score offensively. Bichette's a stud. Vlad Jr.'s a stud. Springer's a stud. Matt Chapman, you know, is a good player, too. So, offensively, they'll be fine. It's the, the, the pitching and the bullpen that kind of concerns me about the Jays. Uh, do I think they'll be fine? Yeah, I, I do think they'll be fine. But here's the one thing I look at them. The inexperience of John Schneider, I think, hurts them a little bit. Because I think for a team on the preface of winning, and I think this team is on the preface of something big with this, that nucleus that they have. I think you need an experienced guy. And I get they hired Don Magley to be the bench coach and that thing that would help. But to me, as Don Mattingly was a, was a good manager, wouldn't call him a great manager, but they, I, I think they need a guy who, I don't want to say strict, Excuse me. But I look at what the Astros did. 
after they fired AJ Hinge, they wanted to bring in a, a voice everyone would respect. The outside world, the inside world, and that was Dusty Baker. So I'm not saying that's the guy that, that the Blue Jays should have hired. Uh, I think there has to be consideration. I'm not saying fire John Schneider right now, but if this season doesn't go the way I expect it to for the Blue Jays, I think you could see something like that happen. Because I never thought the Blue Jays would be 10 and a half. I also never thought the Rays would be off this kind of start, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, you know, the Red Sox are four games over. Give them a lot of credit. Give Alex Cora a lot of credit for what he's done with that team. Uh, the Japanese guy, Yoshida, has been really good for them uh, offensively. Uh, eventually, Devers is going to get red hot. Verdugo's gotten off to a nice start. Chris Sale's been really good since coming back from injury. And if he can stay healthy, that's a huge boost for the Red Sox. Uh, you know, the, the Yankees are the Yankees. I, I'm not going to harp on too many things when it comes to the Yankees. And then the Orioles, I listen, the Orioles are proven last year wasn't a fluke. So uh, I think a lot of people would love to see the Orioles in the playoffs last year. And if you listen to the podcast from earlier this week, I still think the Orioles should pull what the Braves do. Buy out the arbitration years on their young players and sign them to long-term deals where it might look like a bargain in two or three years. So if they can do that, that that's a great future for the Orioles. Uh, the AL Central, the Twins are up two games on the Tigers, four and a half on the Guardians, six on the White Sox, and 12 and a half on the Royals. The two teams I want to focus on, the Tigers, because the Tigers have been on a roll. Not recently. They, you know, they're five and five in their last time, but they've had a nice month of May. And they've really kind of ascended since AJ Hinch benched Javi Baez in Toronto. You know, he's been really good offensively. Uh, you know, they've gotten contributions from everyone there in Detroit. So for them to be two out. I never thought I'd see it. And the White Sox, the, the White Sox, and even the Cardinals when I get to the NL Central, I, I ripped both those teams a couple of weeks ago. They are starting to climb back up those standings. And the White Sox have the talent to just run away with this division. I, I still feel that way. And Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, guys like Moncada. And then they have this thing. Then they have this thing. I don't think that could be matched in this division. Dylan Cease, Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito as the top three in this rotation. Cease hasn't been what he was last year, but he was so dominant last year. If those guys can find it, and then they're going to get Liam Hendricks back at some point. Uh, you know, after he overcame cancer. Th this is the best team. For me, this is the best team in the division. Cleveland doesn't score enough runs. As much as I like their starting pitching, they just don't score enough. And I, as much as I love the Josh Bell signing, 
he hasn't produced. And outside of Jose Ramirez, his lineup's not scary. It, it, Cleveland's lineup isn't a scary lineup. Uh, you know, and, and that was the thing I talked about for them last year when, when the when they lost the Yankees. They need they need bats. They went out and got Bell, but that was really it. So Cleveland, and listen, I'm never going to count a Terry Francona team out. But, you know, with them being four and a half back, they need to figure out, you know, what they're going to do. They're three and seven in their last, and the White Sox are six and four. Uh, the Twins, I don't know what the Twins are. You know, they're, they can be really good. They can be really bad. There's no one in the middle. Uh, the starting pitching has been okay for the most part. Sonny Gray's been really good. But offensively, you know, when they don't get production from Buxton or Correa and other guys have to pick it up, the other guys have picked it up. They need more out of Correa, who said a couple of weeks ago, if I were the fans, I'd boo me too. Uh, but, you know, they, they need those guys to produce because those are the faces of the franchise. And the Royals are the, the Royals are probably pretty, I don't want to say they're pretty far away. They have some things there, but, you know, they're, they're not going to be a threat this year. Uh, I gave some love to the Rangers who are leading the West, gave some love to the Astros. I'll give the Angels their due. You know, they're 28 and 25. They're six games out. Uh, do I I think they would be six and no? No, I think thought they'd be a little bit further back, but Otani's been healthy, Trout's been healthy, Hunter Renfro has provided them some offense. Uh, if the starting pitching can hold up for the Angels, they have a shot. If the starting pitching and Trout and Otani can stay healthy, they're gonna face a dilemma. If they fall, and I'm not saying they will. But if they fall, what do you do at the deadline with Otani? Do you try to make one last push at re-signing him? And if he says no, you, you trade him? Do you just trade him? Do you let this play out? I don't know. I don't know what the Angels are going to do there. So um, The Mariners are six and a half back. I give them some love with their pitching. I would not sleep on the Mariners. Uh, I, I do. Hold on. Uh, eventually, they're going to – the pitching's good. But once the offense gets going, and they can go at times, I would watch the Mariners. And the A's are just bad, so I'm not going to even mention them. Uh, the NL East – the Braves lead the Marlins and Mets by four and a half games. Phillies by six and the Nationals by eight. The Braves are going to get a huge boost. Mike Soroka is supposed to pitch on Memorial Day for them against the A's. Also perfect time pitching against the A's. Um, Acuna right now is probably your NL MVP. The season ended today. He's been that good. Austin Riley got off to a hot start, went cold. They were still winning. He looks like he's getting hot again. Sean Murphy was a fantastic pickup. And they're doing all this stuff with their 
maybe their top three stars out. Because Soroka, who hasn't pitched in 34 months due to three Achilles in, three Achilles surgeries, he'll pitch to, uh, on Memorial Day against the A's. Max Freed's been out. Kyle Wright's been out. Spencer Strike's been pretty good, but, you know, it's a hard thing for the, the Braves. They've had a lot of injuries, but they've overcome it. Uh, you know, that's why I think, you know, that's why I, I don't think Brian Snicker gets enough love nationally for the job he's done. He's done a great job with the Braves. So they're in first place. Talked a little bit about the Marlins before, and they've done this with not a great Sandy Alcantara performance uh, so far this year. He hasn't been what he was last year. Jorge Soler's red hot. He's only in five straight games. Uh, looking to tie him on his record today with six. Stanton did it a couple of years ago. I talked a little bit about the Phillies needing more out of Trey Turner. Um, I'm going to give the Nats a little bit of luck because I, I think a lot of people thought the Nats were one of those teams that would lose 110 games. If they do, I'll say this. They're very competitive now. And Davey Martinez has done a nice job. I think for the Nats, they figured out a couple of things. I think they figured out that their top two starters going forward, uh, Josiah Gray and Mackenzie Gore, those guys have been really good for them. Uh, now they need to figure out some of the position players. Uh, Ruiz is going to be the catcher. Lane Thomas has played pretty well for them. Manessis has been pretty good for them. Uh, Candelario, but are these your long-term answers at some some positions? I don't know. The other thing I'm wondering about for them is Victor Robles, who's been in and out, but he's never he's never hit. And you know whether you like him or not, you know his speed plays. But the Nats have some things here that rebuild may not be as long as a lot of people made it seem to be. Um, so I'll give the Nats some love on that. On to the Mets. Okay. I don't want to get this into a whole, turn this whole thing into to a Mets thing. Um, I think the Mets have a couple of things that go for them. Uh, <clears throat> and they've had a couple of things go against them. The things that have gone against them are the age. Eight, some of the eight, some of the older players that have gone against them. Can need a little bit more out of. I, I'm not even gonna get on Scherzer and Verlander. Verlander was hard in April, so I'm not gonna get on him. Scherzer, he's been really good his last three. Scherzer. He he, you know, he's found. Uh, but Canna. Escobar. Marte looks like he's been trying to come out of it uh, for a little bit. You know, so so those, those guys you need a little bit more from. But I think the thing you found out about the Mets is position player-wise. You know what the future nucleus position player-wise looks like. Alonzo's at first. 
Steve Cohen needs to sign the, the extension now. That's a whole nother conversation. McNeil's at second base. Lindor's at short. Beatty's at third. Alvarez is your catcher because that dude has stupid power. And, and I mean, it is stupid power. The other thing is, and this is maybe more so a buck thing. If these guys are up, the Beatty's, the, the Alvarez's, the VN, they have to play. They have to play. Because you're in a position to where the National League, I think, is a little bit better than I think a lot of people thought. You know, the Marlins are over 500. I talked about the Nats before. I know they're under, but they still perform. So guys like Vogelback, who haven't hit, you can't continue playing. Give the kids a shot. It give, could give you a could give the Mets a spark. Now, now I'll get into the Mauricio thing, and then I'll jump off the Mets for a little bit. But I've seen a lot of people say, "Oh, Mauricio's tearing it up in, in AAA." The problem with calling him up is where is he playing? If he plays second base, then you're putting McNeil in the outfield, which means McNeil's probably playing left field for Canna. And I'm not sure you could just get rid of Canna. You'd probably have to get rid of Vogelbach or Fan uh, in that conversation because Canna is the only guy who really backs up Alonzo at first base. But that's, again, a whole other conversation. But let him thrive in AAA. Let him thrive. If needed, you can bring them up, and then you can make the changes as you go along. Uh, but the Mets have something there with some of the position players. Pitching-wise, Wolf to see. Um, McGill's been up and down. Dave Peterson's had a bad year, um, a, a year I don't think a lot of people thought he'd have. Uh, the bullpen, I think the bullpen's been overworked because of the lack of hitting some of the starters have given them. But, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But for as poor as the Mets have been, and they've been pretty poor um, for the most part, they're four and a half out. They're not out of the least race. You know, do I like their chances? No, I still like the Braves more. But if they can get it going, some of the, these older guys who haven't hit get going, who knows? Catch some fire. So... That, that's the NLEs as it stands right now. Um, I would watch out for the Phillies, though. I, I, I think the Phillies have a run in them. Uh, I do like – I just like the Braves more than the other teams and of how they're built and they're pitching. Uh, the NL Central has the Brewers up a half game on the Pirates. Four up on the Cardinals and Reds, and four and a half up on the Cubbies. Uh, let, let's uh, start with the Brewers. They've done it without Brandon Woodruff, who's been out most of the year with some, some uh, shoulder tendonitis. Uh, starting wise, so Corbin Burns has been—he was excellent yesterday. Uh, Hauser's been pretty good when needed. Peralta's been pretty good. Offensively, Christian Yelich. I'm not going to say he's found the fountain of youth, but Christian Yelich is has picked it up from where he was a couple of years ago. Uh, 
I'm not going to say he's going to do this consistently, but it's nice that he can still contribute to this team. Uh, Lillian Thomas, before he got hurt, been been pretty good. Young kids, Terang has been really good for them. Brian Anderson, who they got from the Marlins, had a hot start, cooled off a bit, but he, he might get going. Rowdy Telez gives them a lot of pop. If they can get a right-handed hitter to go with Telez to kind of give them a 3-4 that they had when they had Prince Fielder and Ryan Braun, the Brewers would have something there because I can't rely on Yelch's power anymore. I just can't. Um, and with backs, they flare up at any point, and he's at back issues. So that would be something to watch for the Brewers. The Pirates got off to a great start. Uh, they, they've kind of fallen off a bit. But look, if you're a Pirate fan and you end the season 79-83, uh, 78-82, something like that, or 78-84, 80-82, if you can be close to 500, and you're the Pirates, and you see the things you want to see from some of the young players you got, that's a win this year. Because no one thought they would be 26 and 25 going into Memorial Day. So the Pirates have that going for them as well. They have some young players. They've done a lot of this without O'Neill Cruz, the, the talented shortstop. So it's the Pirates. The Cardinals, listen, I, look, I said about the White Sox, I said about the Cardinals, I ripped them. I ripped the Cardinals to shreds because I thought the Cardinals should run away with this division. And now they're finding ways to win games. They're hitting the long ball. Everyone in the lineup, Goldschmidt, Arenado, Nolan Gorman's had a really nice year for them. You know, and, and the pitching's been better. They got Adam Wayne right back. I, Flaherty's been better. They finally, I don't know what they were trying to do with Wilson Contreras and not catching him and then moving him to the outfield and DHing. They didn't know what they were doing there. Uh, but they finally put him back behind the plate. Listen, whoever you put there is not going to be Yachty. Just not. So uh, the Cardinals played there. The Reds have hung tough. Um I'm not a firm believer, but they've got some guys who, who could play. Hunter Green was excellent the other day against the Cubs. Had a no-hitter through six innings, I believe, before he got pulled uh, at 110 pitches. But he's got a bright future. Future Nick Lodolo. They got some guys in the rotation. Uh, India can hit. Uh, you know, they don't – and they're not relying on the home run. And that's one thing I'll say about them. They, they are a team who they don't hit a lot of home runs. They go gap to gap, and they run the base as well. And I like the fact that they've been patient with David Bell. Um, a lot of teams would have said, I don't see improvement. David Bell, you're fired. See an improvement. See an improvement. Uh, the Cubs, 9-15 and 15 on the road. That, that's got to get better. Uh, three and seven in their last ten. Pitching's there. 
Uh, Strom, Marcus Stroman's had a really nice year. Justin Steele's had a really nice year. Uh, they just got Kyle Hendricks back. Position player-wise, you know, Swanson's been a nice fit for them. Sia uh, Suzuki's been pretty good since he came back from injury. Once they get Cody Bellinger back, I wonder how much that lineup changes because he was pretty good too. He just needs to get out of the spotlight of L.A. And, and he signed a one-year $17 million deal with the Cubs. And he's taken off. He really has. You know, he's had a nice start to the year before he got hurt. So I, I like where the Cubs are. I still think the Cardinals win this division. Um, I like the Brewers to, to remain intact. And if you're going to ask me to give a third team, I, I think the Cubs are better than the Pirates and Reds. You know, but I think the Cardinals and Brewers are still the uh, upper echelon of this division. Uh, the NL West, the Dodgers are up two and a half on the Diamondbacks, four and a half on the Giants, seven and a half on the Padres, and nine up on the Rockies. Uh, the Dodgers, listen, I'll, I'll give the Dodgers some credit. You know, a lot of people thought they'd take a step back. They've been good. Um, you know, they do have a little bit of an issue in starting pitch. Um, no Syndergaard, that experiment has not worked. He's He's got an ERA. I think he's near six. He got beaten up the other night by the Rays. Let me just confirm that for a second. But. His ERA is six point two seven. Six point two seven ERA for Noah Syndergaard. Um, you know Kershaw's been really good for the most part. Uh, you know Arias. They lost a couple of days or a couple of weeks ago to a hamstring. Uh, at some point, he'll be back. Dustin May had an elbow issue. They're going to wait on that one. But if May and your Arias come back with Kershaw, that, that's a pretty good one, two, three. Um, I'd like to see them add a starter. Just because Syndergaard is not trustworthy at this point, um, I also thought maybe they'd be the team maybe in on a Madison Bumgarner. That hasn't happened, so. Uh, but you know, Freeman and Betts at the top of the lineup do their thing. Uh, J.D. Martinez has had a nice, has gotten hot for them. Max Muncy at sixteen homers. Talk about a turnaround, Max Muncy. Man, I, I don't know how they do it. They did it with Justin Turner. They've done it with Max Muncy. You know, they did it with Tyler Anderson last year, pitching-wise, and they tried with Syndergaard, but whatever they're doing, you know, they're, they're really good. They're really good. Uh, the Dimebacks, listen, they're sneaky good, the Dimebacks. 
Christian Walker at the top of the uh, in the middle of the lineup has been good. Corbin Christmas Carroll's has been really good. Uh, he's given them some energy. They're a spunky team. And Zach Gallen might be the best pitcher you've never heard of. And you want to talk about a trade that may have worked out for both teams? Jazz Chisholm for Zach Gallen. Pretty good trade for the Diamondbacks. And Chisholm's got a bright future for the Marlins if he could stay healthy. But Gallon at the top of the rotation. Tori Lovello's done a really nice job there. And, and again, I think that flies under the radar because it's Arizona. So the Diamondbacks have been good. The Giants at 27 and 25. Listen, I, I never thought they were the 100 win, 101 win team they were two years ago. Last year, they were bad because they were very reliant on the home rumble. This year, the lineup is better for them than it's been because it, when guys like Michael Conforto and Mitch Haniger were brought in, you know, they were brought in they had some offense, and that's what this team needed. But I still don't necessarily love them. Yeah. In the lineup, I don't love the rotation outside of Logan Webb. Uh, bullpen's pretty good for the most part, I, I, I would guess. I, I, they're a tough team to read because they win games that – they're not Bruce Bochy's Giants. They, they, they're very different. I'm not saying this about Gabe Kapler, but – they're for me. They're a weird team to get a read on. They really are because I think they're uber talented, but I don't necessarily love all their pieces. If that makes sense, uh, but you know, right now you're two games over, four and a half back. Uh, the Padres at seven and a half back. They're the biggest disappointment for me. them, and the they're they're the biggest disappointment in baseball. They're four games under five hundred which is inexcusable for a team this talented. Uh, and and honestly, it, it's a sim- similar thing with the Phillies. Like The starting pitching, for the most part, has been pretty good. Darvish has been pretty good. Uh, Joe Musgrove, limited time because he was out with injury. Uh, he's been okay. Blake Snell, I don't know what happened to Blake Snell. I, I, ever since game six of the 2020 World Series when Kevin Cash pulled him, he has been a – a roller coaster, but listen, Juan Soto is starting to heat up. That that's huge for them. Tatis is home in the first two games in the Bronx. They'll get Manny Machado back probably within the next couple of days. I've been, you know, is what I've heard. That'll help them. Bogarts it was a great signing. He's been really good. Sometimes it's just not all these high-priced guys can all fit together. It's just one of those things. Remember the Dream Team Eagles. So Bob Melvin's going to have his work cut out for him if he can put it together. But this team needs to push it. At, push it. And it starts today. Uh, you know, you've got to win a rubber game in the Bronx with you, Darvish, on the mound. You have to win it. I don't like saying a game on May 28th is a must-win. I'm saying today's a must-win game for the Padres. And depending on when this gets up, 
uploaded? Well, no, but you know, so that that's where where I'm at on the Padres, the Rockies. I I don't the, the pitching's been hurt most of the year, and I don't necessarily love their roster. Um, I still don't understand the Nolan Arenado trade, and then signing Chris Bryant that still makes zero sense to me. But what are you gonna do? Um, so I'm serious to look forward to starting on Memorial Day. By the way, I think every team should be playing on Memorial Day. That's just me. Uh, there are several teams who are off, but uh, the Rangers go to Detroit to play the Tigers. Should be an interesting series, to say the least. Uh, with how hot the Rangers have been, the Tigers looking to make a run in the AL Central. Uh the Orioles and Guardians could be interesting. Uh, the Orioles are going to look to bounce back, but the Guardians, listen, the Guardians aren't bad, like I said before. They just need to figure out what they're going to do offensively. Uh, Twins Astros, huge series, huge series for both teams. The Twins looking to stay atop the Central. The Astros are trying to catch the range, but the Astros are also trying to, to get themselves keep themselves hot. Uh, Angels, White Sox could be fun on the south side. I always think of the A.J. Pierzynski play in the 05 playoffs, strikeout, and they claim the drop ball. Great play. It was a great play. Uh, Yankees go to Seattle, take on the Mariners. And then you get the Phillies and the Mets for the first time this year. That's a huge series for both teams trying to find out who's the bigger threat to the Braves. Uh, they haven't played yet. The Mets owned the Phillies last year. They were really good against them. Uh, and I think they catch a break because I don't know if they'll face Nola, but I know for sure they will not face Wheeler. So I'm just going to go through the matchups for a second here. Uh, so they'll get Ranger Suarez against Kodai Senga on Tuesday. Wednesday, it will be Aaron Nola against Carrasco. And then Thursday will be Thursday's an afternoon game. Well, Taiwan Walker against Max Scherzer. So they'll avoid Zach Wheeler. That's a huge piece because Zach Wheeler has owned the Mets since he left the Philly, uh, left for Philly. So that's a good one. Brewers Blue Jays could be a fun series in Toronto. Uh, Rays go to Chicago to take on the Cubbies. Reds Red Sox rematch of 75 and 76 worlds 1975 and 76 World so, so those are some of the big series during the week. Over the weekend, by the way, I mentioned A's Marlins. That takes place this week, next weekend uh, in Miami, not in Oakland. But it should be a fun week of baseball ahead. Check out this podcast, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast. Check out the website, www.thesportsandsignetwork.com. Great blogs, vlogs, planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, check out the YouTube page, www.youtube.com slash Sports Insanity Network. 
Check us out social media, Twitter at S Insanity, S Insane Real. We're on Facebook. Search for us. But I am Mike Rifkin. Thank you for listening to Bat the Batter Up Podcast. The Batter Up Podcast, part of the Sports Insanity Network, sponsored by Halpern's Cards and Collectibles. Have a great Memorial Day, everyone. Have a great day off. Have enjoy the week of baseball and Namaste. What's going on, everyone? Lawrence Patchman Lang here, president of the Sports Insanity Network, just reminding you to go to our website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork, where you can read everyone's blogs here on the network and also find about the history of the Sports Insanity Network.